Hey, hey, what's up, world? This is Cloud Conversations with Loriana Mercado. I'm Harvey Banks. The podcast where two longtime friends talk about anything and everything, from our daily life to what's trending to shit that'll make you say, what the fuck? Well, today we're going to talk about Pfizer creating vaccine for COVID that they say may be 90% effective, Biggie Smalls inducted to the Hall of Fame and why, and some weird shit that'll just be like, what the fuck? Well, Harvey, what's good, baby? Hey, it's Monday, man. Monday. Monday motivation. Yeah, Mondays are Mondays are actually my favorite days. Why is that? I really don't know. They and they have been for a while and I'm not even I'm not super productive on all of them. Today's been a good one, but like whether productive or not, I don't know why. I just I've always loved Mondays. Is it the stigma that Mondays that everyone just naturally hates it? And so you're just kind of like a fight against the machine. Be like, I'm going to conquer Mondays. I think so. I think it could be that. Um, It could be less psychological than that for me, too, because like a lot of sports happen over the weekend. And so to get like the commentary that I look for, it all tends to Monday's a good catch up space. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, so you look forward to those days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I rather enjoy Mondays and even like just business wise. I don't know why I like Mondays because Mondays is like a it's a new week. Right. And you said last podcast that uh, you do some sports betting. And I saw yeah. the the New York Giants fucking pulled a win, baby. Let's and, go, and New York. Here's the crazy thing is this. So I bet on them last week, but I didn't take any bets this week on the Giants. And oh, they yeah. actually won. But like a clown, I bet on the fucking Cowboys again. Winning the game all the way up until the last two minutes of the game. And ended up losing. Could have walked away with 400 bucks. But they lost it at the end. And you know what? And that's what I get for being a clown and putting money on the fucking Cowboys to do something good for once. So... You win some, you lose some. It's always still fun, you know. Right. I did hit on some college football on Saturday, so oh, the weekend nice. wasn't a total loss. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, hopefully you made some money and started the day off right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about what's trending today. And it looks like F- Pfizer is on top of the list uh, for creating a vaccine that states may be 90% effective. And let me just read a quick snippet here. Uh, So Pfizer said the vaccine made with German partner BioNTech had an efficiency rate higher than 90% at seven days after the second dose, which means protection is achieved 28 days after person begins vaccination. And the vaccine requires two doses. And the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has said it would expect at least 50% 50% efficiency from any coronavirus vaccine. At least 50%. So, Harvey, what's that say about us as human beings that might be prone to this coronavirus during these times so, with a statement like that? The first thing that came to my mind when you just finished that last sentence was, we need to change the, the word of vaccine. Mm-hmm. I was always under the impression that vaccine meant like once you take this it goes away like this problem goes away or you're immune to whatever you're taking the vaccine of 50% isn't um, my nigga we're at 50% (laughs) now 
Right. <laughs> like, does that make sense? Like, I don't know that that's the ninety percent. I think if you're into you know that side of things, then that may be reason to celebrate, right? Yes, at least ninety nine percent for me. I know nothing be... about fifty percent tells me celebrate this. Exactly. And so I think it's just this whole new hype. And what's odd to me is this comes about right after, you know, the would-be president, Joe Biden, gets elected. And all of a sudden we have this big breaking news, as in yes. like the some savior type thing. Um, I believe yes, that's gonna be half of it, right? Half of it is gonna be the optics of how it plays, because this matters. And so what I did see, I've been pretty much busy all day and I hadn't seen much about this. So the first things that I did notice, though, when I did get on Twitter was the amount of people taking, making sure that no one gave Donald Trump credit. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they point they're pointing out the fact that Donald Trump actually did not work with Pfizer early on <laughs> because he didn't like the info that they were presenting to him at the time. Right. So like he was like, nah, we're gonna move on to Johnson and Johnson. Right. So also he kind of took credit for the stock market being up today. And people were like, let's point out the fact that this has nothing to do with him. So to say it doesn't have any kind of political connection would be ignorant at this point. It clearly does. Yeah. But I'm not surprised. Uh, more importantly, it's it's an interesting time. And what? I don't know the process anymore. Isn't this a, a vaccine is a long process, I thought. It is. So according to the World Economic Forum here, the discovery and research phase is normally two to five years, hmm. you know, to develop a vaccine. Now, either one, they knew about this shit a long time ago and started early or two we're just about to get some half-ass shit uh just for profit and money well and i will will affect i will play devil's advocate to that and introduce a third kind of caveat to it yeah i do know that they got a little over three billion dollars mm -hmm. with the cares act to rush the development so I don't know how much like funding plays into these vaccines and the testing and the trials. Right. So if funding is limited, it could that could be why it takes two to five years because it's expensive to do. Considering they got an injection of cash from the government, maybe that speeds things up. I don't know, right. but no, that could great. be an answer. You know what I mean? But with that insights, why haven't we cured some shit like cancer? You know what I mean? Is that less important? Shouldn't Listen, that cancer ain't never going away. Because cancer makes too much money for too many people. Exactly. Now with this coronavirus, is this going to yes. play out in the same way where this is going to get dragged all the way past 2021? See, it's very interesting. The timing of this is actually perfect for us, right? So I texted you this morning that my son was getting sent home to quarantine because mm -hmm. he had close contact with someone, right? Yeah. So at about 1.30, I got on Facebook and someone else from a, a 
the county school district, which is like right here beside the city, right? Right. They sent their students home today, district wide. They're going back to e-learning. Right. I believe the city schools are going to do the same here within a couple of days, simply because I told I think I told you last week the numbers are astronomical at the school right now. Yeah, saw that. and it's getting to the point where it's just like. What the fuck are y'all looking at? Bro, we had a 5,000 case day on Sunday. <laughs> that was the new single high. Now, I was bragging about the single day high on Thursday on last podcast was 3,476. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is insane. Sunday, we hit 5,000 for the single day. <laughs> Crazy. And, and so I'm like, right? yeah. So I'm just like, well, what are they looking at? Because all the data that I see says this is bad, bro like bad so I don't know I don't know what's to come of this simply because having a vaccine that's safe and then having a vaccine that's safe for public consumption and distribution I know those are two different things right how many doses can you make and in how much time how are you going to deploy the doses how are you going to convince half the nation to take it? Because I'm telling you right now, if we have 360 some odd million people in this country, mm-hmm. there are 175 million people out there right now that are going to tell you I'm not taking it. Exactly. And it's crazy. I think one thing is is just the fear base behind it. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to jump the the ball here and really want to take it but the problem is it's just not proven especially with a maybe statement like that it's kind of really scary and it's most it's one of those probably those infomercials you ever watch like three o'clock in the morning you're half sleepy hey take this pill it's gonna cure this and then all of a sudden you wake up with fucking like you know a limb missing or some shit and like you're cockeyed and shit yeah yeah no it's a i'll say this i'll put this on the record I'm gonna take it. I ain't taking it first. <laughs> I'm not gonna be in the first round of people taking it. And I'm not one of those anti-vaccine people. Right. I will eventually take it a year after y'all niggas take it. I'm actually I'm one of those anti-vaccine people. <laughs> no, I, bro, I know a lot of them that are intelligent people. That they're just like, nah, I'm good. And they've been good up to this point. What can I say, right? Yeah. But I would I'm not against taking it. I take flu shots. I I don't mind. I ain't taking that shit until a good year after y'all take it and don't grow other limbs. <laughs> yeah. And so okay. I know when you bring up the 2021 deadline, right? Or mm-hmm. date rather. That's why I was like that's interesting cuz I I think a lot of people are like me. I'm not against it, but if you talking about taking it in the next couple months, you're out of your mind. Not a chance in hell. Man, no. <laughs> that can't <Yeah>. be ready. <laughs> Y'all don't know. Oh, yeah. I definitely, it's kind of like a backbone uh, of the Obama administration where, like, his tagline was almost like hope type thing. And I think Biden's just shifting into that. And it was like, let's just give the people hope. We have a new president. Let's wipe off everything from before. Here's some yeah. hope. And I think that's the main message of this one. So so uh, here's why I say I also say they was working in concert with Biden. Mm-hmm. So what Biden is talking about 
one of the things I got throughout the debates was Biden kept like basically telling Trump, but you didn't do nothing. Mm-hmm. But like you're not doing anything. So Biden tweets out today his plan. He's got a COVID-19 task force that yeah. he's already they've already got a blueprint. And he says, basically, we're going to try to work with the Senate right now to get permission, so to speak. There is a there's a there's an organization within the government that works on peaceful transfer. There's also funding available for the new president and his team coming in to be able to use to implement things in this crossover period. That bitch has already said that she ain't giving no funding to Biden. Right. Right. But she she's one of trump's people but whatever aside from all that he's got a plan it's already in the books it's already a book thing so he's he tweeted today that the plan is underway and as soon as i'm sworn in i have executive actions that will be going in the same day to battle covid this shit was worked in it was in concert with this right yeah it really was there's no way the vaccine can be ready by January 21st when he gets he gets sworn in on the 20th. He says he's signing executive actions. Then I do believe he means economic actions. So I think the stock market was going to do what it was going to do anyways, because everybody knew on Saturday that he was going to announce his plan today. Right. So the Pfizer thing helps, but his plan is an economic plan. Yeah, it's got some stuff in it about where you're masking, testing and all this stuff. But like the main pillars of that plan is we sending them checks out. No, yeah, I get it. And we not sending one check. We sending checks based on the data for however long we may need it. The extra 600 for the unemployment's coming back. Um, You'll never have to pay for testing. If you get treated, like if you're sick due to COVID, you don't have to worry about those hosp- those bills. Mm-hmm. COVID-related illness is going to just be covered. Health insurance or not, we got you, right? Right. So his was an economic plan. And so I think that's, I believe that the stock market is responding to that a little bit more. But the Pfizer shit helps it. But I feel like if the Pfizer shit would have dropped by itself, you would have had a lot of people like me. I consider myself to be pretty centrist, right? Like I, I don't know, bro. I'm not doing it. I'm not in it. Like, no, this don't feel right. Yeah, same here. I've I've never been into politics, and I I think it's a whole manipulation of the our human psychology, and so they like to just control the waves and our, and our hopes and our fears, and I think it's all direction. Just a you know the whole puppet master type thing. So not for it, but you know I'm definitely uh, keep my eyes open and kind of see what the world's going to. And it's but as long as people have some hope and stop that fear shit because that's what kills a lot of people. Then you know tomato tomato. Yeah, agreed. At least for now, but yeah. But let's talk about some fucking interesting, amazing fascinating news and i know you have a lot of knowledge to drop to the people here so i want to hear you talk about this so biggie smalls uh just got inducted to the hall of fame and let's see the date the, here it was the a rock Wednesday, and roll hall of fame rock be, and roll hall of fame yeah that's very important yes for the class of 2020 and you know it was the brooklyn rapper he made his debut in 93 he was shot and killed in 97 at 24 you know uh you know it was his ready to die was an instant classic 
So let's talk about that. And I remember I gave you a call right after they introduced it. And yes. I was like, why are these rappers and hip hop artists getting inducted to quote the rock and roll hall of fame? To me, it didn't make sense since it wasn't rock and roll. And drop yeah. some knowledge on these people and let them know what's up. Okay, so basically what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is, is, well, for the longest time, it was exactly what it sounded like, right? It was a way to forever mortalize these iconic rock and roll singers, figures, bands of such, right? Yeah. But as the world gets more woke and information is more readily available to anyone that wants it, you can start to see a trend in quote-unquote rock and roll music rock and roll music is just the delineation of black music and uh there's an ugly history of quote-unquote rock and roll acts stealing black music and just calling it their own throughout the 40s the 50s and even even before that honestly but the the main stuff i know is through the 40s and 50s because at the time you got to understand television wasn't anything close to what it is now and to have a television in your house in the 50s was probably unheard of unless you were kind of well off and or white right right so the radio was a big 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 deal and so basically let's just say i'm a black artist and I am touring and I am in what at the time was called the Chitlin Circuit. Um, and it was throughout the South. And you go from juke joint to juke joint, playing your playing your music, and you got a following amongst black people. And the right person white person comes along and hears it, and they're producing a band or a couple of musicians. And they can just straight up steal your song, mm-hmm. get it pressed up, mastered, and call it a record and copyright your shit and just say it's theirs and the next thing you know you're you're this black musician and you're at the record store or you're in the news reading the newspaper and you see that your song went number one just because somebody beat them to the punch so to say for the media they just stole it bro and information wasn't readily available so a, a group like the beach boys could just be like oh no yeah this is our song and so imagine yourself being a young black artist at the time and say no that's my song well there's no there's no real way to prove it and most of america was introduced to this song because that band played it on the tonight show so now it's their song you know what i mean right um this happened a lot and it's kind of an ugly ugly thing so let me go through some of these hits and that are major major hits for major white artists that most people probably don't know was written by a black artist was written and performed long before they even came along right they got stolen let's start with elvis everybody loves elvis mm. everybody loves elvis's most popular song what's that let's hear the ain't song nothing, baby ain't nothing but a hound dog um yeah so problem with that Elvis stole that song from a a lady named Willie Mae Thornton who had a song called Big Mama Mm -hmm. and uh, for the for the sake of YouTube strikes and copyright stuff 
I'm just going to say these songs and let you guys go find them. Um, or I'll put together a playlist or a list of what I'll do is I'll put together a playlist, an Apple Music playlist or a YouTube playlist, and I'll put it in the notes of this episode. Yeah, I like that. And click through there just so we don't get flagged and just get removed from, you know, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and everything. But let's just keep it here. Elvis's biggest song, Hound Dog, actually came from Willie Mae Thornton. Uh, the story of how he heard it isn't really, they don't really know that yet. But the producer that brought to him did later admit that it was stolen. So there's that ask me how much compensation she received for that zero none elvis's estate still owns it by the way that's crazy and i just googled this shit and it says hey did elvis steal this song and they're like yep <laughs> it's it's not yeah because that's what information it's not does for hidden her. it's not yes hidden. um if i say to you i shot the sheriff mm-hmm. who do you think of bob marley it's his song right yeah. Eric Clapton did a version of I Shot the Sheriff that's the exact version of Bob Marley's I Shot the Sheriff. And his has received more commercial like than Bob Marley's. Trace did not know that at all. So much so that during a period throughout the late 70s, early 80s, Bob Marley had to stop performing I Shot the Sheriff. What? Because it was legally, it legally became Eric Clapton's. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I'll give you another one. Louie Louie. You ever heard that song? Louie Louie. That's my shit. Uh, uh. Yeah, the Kingsmen. That's the white band that, that debuted that mm-hmm. beautiful record in 1963. Only to find out that Chuck Berry yeah. actually debuted that song in 1955. So like, hey, you know. It just adds into the long line of, you know, things that kind of got stolen. But that is crazy. That is a wormhole. I gave you two or three examples of literally there's hundreds of them out there songs you know and love so why is this relevant to the rock and roll hall of fame right yeah what the rock and roll hall of fame is doing is covering their face in order to remain relevant as a rock and roll hall of fame you you have to start to understand or you have to acknowledge where you came from so in order to have elvis in the rock and roll hall of fame and have it matter you must have Chuck Berry in. You right. must have Little Richard in. Because at the time, that was considered rock and roll. What Chuck Berry and Little Richard was doing was rock and roll. And you want to know why it was called rock and roll? Why? Because of how they were dancing. Oh, geez. And the black perversive way of dancing, we moved our hips and stuff like that. And you better not let your parents catch you doing that. Well, that was Chuck Berry, right? Right, yeah. And that's where the rock and roll came from. It was how you move. Rock now, what's and Elvis? Yeah, what's Elvis known for? The king of the, fucking the rock and roll? Ex- exactly. Exactly. Also, side note from that, I think I told you this too. 
the same thing has been done to pop music so mm, right now yeah. we have pop music and it's we think Britney Spears well not now we're fucking old but like we think Ariana Grande these huge huge pop singers now right yeah pop is short for popular popular music popular music was a term used to describe black music what it really meant was it's popular enough to be liked by the blacks and the whites but it was it was specifically labeled on black music back in the day it's not rock and we can't call it rock and roll because we tried to we're, we're, we're in the process of stealing that we don't want to mm-hmm. call it r&b because that makes r&b bigger than rock and roll and we can't do that let's just call it pop music it's just popular we don't know what it is it's just popular right now pop music is big it's kind of the same thing is happening now because you're still calling these young rappers with these songs that go insanely viral you're calling them hip-hop artists no 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 they're pop artists because they're popular to black artists black people white people it's just popular music but you're not giving these kids credit on the pop charts why because the pop charts are the big charts you know what i mean yeah and i don't think we can put these kids on the big charts can we we can't we can't have Sheck west on the pop charts even though literally both sides of the aisle these songs these kids rap songs do significantly more numbers than any of your traditional pop music any of it but they won't call it pop music because then you have to put it there against other quote unquote pop music and then it's like you're giving the black people the credit again same thing happened even more recently with the old town road song remember that song yeah they refused to put it on they didn't label it they wouldn't label it country because then it had to be on the country charts and then you would have what a black kid at number one on the country charts. That wasn't on the country charts? What was it no, on? Oh, sorry, Bob. They labeled it popular music. Didn't he have a white country Miley Cyrus's dad on there with him? After. So here's how that happened, right? And did that go on to the fucking country charts? Nope. Here we go. Listen to this. It, that's what? a fun, it's an amazing story, bro. So this kid makes this song. It's fucking everywhere the original without Billy Ray Cyrus on it right Mm -hmm. charts coming out everyone is expecting that this kid is about to have the number one fucking country song in the world because not is it cool because he's black in his country the country kids loved the song too right yeah this is obvious bruh they did not put it on the country charts and Billy Ray Cyrus reached out to him on Twitter and said keep your head up kid I know what this is, and we all know what they're doing. Mm. I'd love to be on the remix with you, by the way. And that's how that ended up happening. But he's a good one. He's really, really the perfect person to be on it, because the same shit happened to him with Achy Breaky Heart. Yeah. They said it's not country, because they didn't like him. (laughs) The same thing ended up happening with, ends up happening with Miley. Well, she does hip hop music too. 
Mm -hmm. but she's got a couple country records that are massive but they wouldn't put them on the country charts because she done hip-hop records too and we don't want her representing the country charts insane it it, it all just kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth you know what i mean but it does it's it's 60 70 years later and it's the same thing so but, why but, don't they create a new category for say like you know for rap hall of fame or hip-hop hall of fame or i've got a better idea bro why don't we just kill the fucking genre thing yeah it's music just hey, hey top 100 one songs that's it yeah don't give a fuck if it's country if it, and if no country makes it on that sorry it's not it it should just be music yeah it should just be music keeping us divided man it 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 should just be music they shouldn't need a hip-hop hall of fame and a rock and roll hall of fame and a country music hall of fame and this we don't need that but what rock and roll is doing is they're they're just trying to validate themselves because again you can't have all of these rock and roll acts on there Mm-hmm. And then not acknowledge what is common knowledge now. Yeah. That hey, they stole that shit, and y'all are the original rock and rollers didn't look like this. Mm-hmm. So now you have to add in. Now I think they're taking it more lifestyle. You know what I mean? Right. We're just adding people that are larger than life. That are musicians that have came and are above all of this, right? And so Biggie is interesting to me though. And here's why I say Biggie's interesting. Because people don't realize people old and young know who Notorious B.I.G. is. They know who Tupac is. They don't realize the small window that we had both of these artists. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a very small time. And I love the fact that when we judge like rap music I'm going to take the conversation from um, overall music and I'm going to get into just kind of rap shit okay just because it's, it's music and he deserves it right so the interesting thing is we hear the music today and none of it has lasting power right you don't hear any of these artists and be like oh my god this kid's a genius mm-hmm. yeah what you hear is y'all like this stuff and then you hear, bro, he's 18. Of course. That's what that's what they like. It's what they sound like. Bro, Biggie died at 24. Right. At 24. Biggie had a run of a, almost two years. That's it. Everything yeah. that we celebrate and we, and we revere and we quote how, how iconic this man is is based on what he did in about an 18 month span that's it (laughs) that's it (laughs) for Tupac it's even less yeah people for the death row thing only lasted about 11 months bro Mm -hmm. from prison to dead (laughs) everything after that we made it but it's like with Biggie I think the important thing about Biggie was he was a amazing storyteller and I, and people don't give Big his storytelling credits but if you go back and you listen to Biggie now some of them are fucked up stories right <laughs> Yeah. but 
Brooklyn in the 90s was a fucked up place. Right. So, like, this man is depicting this, this, this world that he sees. And remind you, he's, he's 20. He's in his early 20s. So he's painting you this picture in the language that he knows how to paint it. Yeah. And as a child. And it's a beautiful picture that yeah. still stands to this day. One of my favorite Biggie songs of all times is I Got a Story to Tell. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing is we don't know if the story's true or not. <laughs> At this point, and there's been like research done, like which Knicks player is he? Basically, he gets with this chick. He's fucking this chick. Turns out, this chick got a man. He's at the house of the man of the chick. Turns out, dude comes in and he's one of these basketball playing Knicks, right? Mm-hmm. Tall. Looks like he plays for the Knicks. He says he plays for the Knicks. Long story short, guy comes home in the middle. They don't know what to do. So Big, like, ties girl up and pretty much pretends like he's robbing them, right? Right. And Rob's homie for his stuff, although really he was just there to like it's a it's a I love the song, right? But it's it's this it's storytelling. And this storytelling is it's just at a level that it's hard for me to describe for people. Cause when when I listen to music, I love stories, right? Yeah. And I can I can hear something and say, this guy tells a story better than other people this is natural for him he's different he's just different the way he put words together was just different the way he looked which was a big deal back then was very different the way he talked was different everything was different he left a lasting impression in 18 months 18 months and He's special, man. And don't get me wrong. His he's one that death hurts or helps people, right? Let's just be honest about it. Death, I believe that Tupac was a beneficiary of his death. I believe he was great. Don't get me wrong. But I believe part of his greatness is that he died. And and that's a I understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I am saying I believe his lyrical ability was farly overrated. I'm not the first one to say that. Tupac was just so fucking real that you felt him, right? Yeah. He done some he had his level of authenticity felt higher than most others. I understand him, but as a purely from a rap standpoint, there's been better rappers he was a big deal because of how he lived his life right and then how his life ended i don't know that we would still be listening to 50 year old tupac but 50 year old jay-z had a number one album all right and no one thought about the fact that he was 50 years old and i'm saying biggie would be the same way right now his rap style was just so unique that and I, and I feel that way about Pac, hands down. I'm a one hundred thousand percent Pac fan. To me, he was a poet. <laughs> yeah, you're not. No, you're not alone. You're yeah. not alone in that at all. And I think um, I don't want it to come off like I'm not a fan. Like I don't think he's good or nothing like that. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just saying that like 
if I if I put that test to like, would we still be listening to Pac, new Pac right now? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. But like, to me, I have no doubts that Biggie right now would kill shit to this day. Part of the reason is because of what Jay-Z says his influence to him was. He says Big changed everything for him. Right. Big changed how our, he changed how he rapped. Jay-Z used to rap like Twista. I don't know if people know that or not. Early Jay-Z, he did the quick turn. But it was that, but it was that, but it was that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Big's the one that told him, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down, Playboy. <laughs> he used to write his shit on paper. And Big told him, whoa, 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 whoa. Nah, nah, you got to just feel it. Because Big never wrote his shit down on paper. Just all in the in the head. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Jay said, I took that from Big. Like, he taught me, he was like, yo, slow down, slow down. You're worried. He, Big told him, you're worried about how you're saying it. You need to put more thought into what you're saying. Just tell him the story, bro. You ain't got to do all that. <laughs> and I think that changed. That that made Reasonable Doubt great when Jay-Z dropped Reasonable Doubt because he's telling stories through that whole thing that it's like, oh, shit. You can hear it. It's different. It's it's. You could tell he's been learning from someone. He's better than that early shit we heard. That's different. That's different, Jay. And I think that Big made him better. And so, Big, again, 18 months, bro. 18 months. And he gave us two classics that'll live forever. 